You're listening to the Mountainside Kairos Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Mountainside Community Church Kairos Podcast. It's Thursday, so you know what that means. Hashtag TGIT. Thank goodness it's Thursday. Today, we're going to be hopping into the New Testament and taking a look at 1 Peter chapter 3. Now, the purpose of 1 Peter... The reason it was written was to offer encouragement and hope to Christians who had been scattered throughout the Roman Empire due to persecution. Now, the point of this podcast is to offer encouragement and hope to all of you who are scattered about in your own homes due to COVID-19. It's not due to persecution, but there are a lot of parallels that can still apply to us today. Now, chapter 3 in particular is a rich and robust goldmine of hope. But it's also a bit of a theological minefield. There's plenty of good stuff in here, but there's also a lot of challenging things that we simply don't have time to discuss because we've really only got five to ten minutes here and I simply don't want to tackle what Peter means when Jesus went and proclaimed to the spirits in prison and somehow that relating to Noah and baptism. Um, I'm sure there's plenty of Good explanations of that that people way smarter than me are willing to give. But for today, because of our limited time, we are just going to focus in on three verses in the middle. And those verses are verses 13 to 15. Let me read them out for you. Now, who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Now in these verses, Peter is writing that their hope in Jesus would be on full display to the point that people stop and ask them about what is it that their hope is in. Now, what is it that they see that prompts them to ask about your hope? Why would they be asking about your hope? You see, hope is invisible. It is an intangible thing. So how are people seeing your hope if it's invisible? What are they seeing that tips them off that you have this hope that is in something different than them? Now, we can see in the case of Peter's audience, in verse 14, that what the people see is that In the face of adversity, particularly in the face of persecution, they do not show fear. And they are not troubled, but rather they do good. You know, the visible fruit of the invisible hope that these Christians had is that the way that they are not fearful or troubled in the face of adversity. Instead, they blessed others in the midst of it. Now, in our time, we're not facing persecution really. Um, But we are facing some interesting adversity. This is a time that is characterized by fear and uncertainty. It is a time where people's hope or lack thereof is on full display. Now, if, if people's hope is in the economy or in their job or in their health, then they will be displaying fear and they will be troubled because it's threatened. They will likely be turning in on themselves, hoarding or holding up their resources out of fear of what could happen. But if you are someone whose hope is in Jesus, as it says, if you honor Christ, the Lord is holy. That is, if you treasure Jesus above all else, if Jesus is set apart in your life as supreme joy, then that can't be taken away from you. 
Even though everything else has become volatile, your hope is unshakable. And this hope in Jesus is displayed in the absence of being fearful or troubled. And also by the presence of the good works that you do. Your generosity or your selfless care or your love. And it's this that people will begin to notice. They'll begin to see that you're not afraid of the same things that they are afraid of. Your hope is on display. If you're not afraid of losing your house, then your hope is on display. If you're not afraid of losing your ability to visit your friends or your family members or even losing your own life, then your hope is on display. Not because you're naive in thinking that it can't happen, but because even if it does, you will still have Jesus. If you do not lose heart in this troubling time, and people see this, then they will begin to wonder, and maybe even ask you, where do you get your hope? Why are you different? Why are you not troubled in this time? Because I certainly am. And it's then that you need to be prepared to share with them the reason for your hope, that Jesus is your joy, your satisfaction, your security, your hope. And make sure you do that with gentleness and respect, as Peter reminds us. Now, that's all great, and it sounds really good in theory. But let me ask you a rather challenging question that I've been asking myself and actually have been quite convicted by. The question is this, has anybody asked you about your hope lately? Now, if you're maybe like me, and the answer, honest answer is no, not, not lately at least, then why? Why is that? Is it because that maybe you've taken your light, this hope, and you've put it under a basket? Is the hope that you have in Jesus not on display because you're maybe hidden away in your own home using social distancing as an excuse to not love and care for the people in your life in a tangible way? Now, I know the way that we maybe would have shown our life before has been taken away from us, but there's still plenty of opportunity to do that. Because what good is a light if it's not lighting up the darkness? You may have the hope, but if it's not display in any way, then what good is it? Or perhaps, maybe your hope isn't in the Lord. In your heart of hearts, you do not honor the Christ the Lord as holy. You do not trust in Jesus. And so, it's not that the light has been hidden, but that there is no light at all. And if that's the case, then I, I would implore you to turn your eyes towards the light of life. That you would turn your eyes toward Jesus and let his promise of salvation fill you with hope that changes the very fabric of your life, both now and for eternity. But, but if you find yourself being kind of like me, and if your light is, is lit, but it's hidden for some reason, then I would like to challenge you with the same question I've been challenging myself. Ask yourself this. How are your neighbors doing? You know, the people who live to the left and to the right of you, maybe across the street. You know, this may not be the time to meet new people, but it's a great time to display your hope to your immediate neighbors. And if you don't know the answer to that question, then I challenge you to find out. And whether that means knocking on the door and then standing six feet back to awkwardly wait for them to answer, and then when they do, to ask them how they're doing, or maybe shooting them a text or a phone call if you have their number, or maybe intentionally sitting on your lawn or your porch instead of sitting inside now that the weather's getting warmer so you actually have a chance of seeing them and striking up a conversation. Make an effort to know your neighbor in this moment enough to know how to help them. 
And if they need help, then do whatever you can to help them. Put your hope on full display, even if it costs you something. And when you do that, be prepared to give them an answer when they ask, why are you doing this? And I hope that you can share with them that Jesus is your hope. Thanks for tuning in. I hope that 1 Peter chapter 3 was as challenging and encouraging to you as it has been for me. And I pray that this week that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but that we would be doers of it also as we put it into practice and check in on our neighbors and share with them our hope. Have a great week. We'll talk to you soon.